Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You are about to listen to an episode of the Audio Signals Podcast with Marco Ciappelli. In this new season, Audio Signals is repositioning its antennas, focusing not just on the stories, but on the storytellers. In our modern hybrid analog digital society, the art of storytelling has never been more vital or displayed such a diverse array of forms. Recognizing this, our conversations will spotlight the narrators, providing a unique exploration into the minds behind the narratives. From authors to podcasters, visual artists to songwriters, and everything in between, we will engage with all who contribute to this extraordinary tapestry of human experience. We are all made of stories, after all. Hello, everybody. This is Marco Ciappelli. You are on the Audio Signal podcast, one of my two uh, ventures on ITSP Magazine uh, podcast network. And uh, on this one, I try not to talk too much about technology artificial intelligence and all those funny things and how they relate with society but uh it's it's gonna be hard it's always hard not to talk about that especially because now artificial intelligence generative ai has become part of the storytelling we've seen it in the news uh, people are worried about it and people are taking advantage of it so we'll see where our conversation bring us today but i'm excited because i have a fellow podcaster with me dr rebecca win if you're watching the video She's right there. And if you're listening, you're going to hear her voice in a second. Uh, she has a podcast now on ITSP Magazine, and it's called the Soulful CXO. So we'll figure out what that is and what it means. And uh, I'm excited because she actually is not a beginner at all. She's experienced, and she's definitely a storyteller because you need to do that in your business, no matter what that is. We all made a story. So we're going to listen to Rebecca's story, and we're going to start right now. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marco. It's great to be on your show and to be here with your audience. As you said, I'm Dr. Rebecca Wynn. I am a chief cybersecurity strategist, so award-winning. You can go ahead and, and check me out on LinkedIn to go ahead and learn more about that. But as we're here today, I have the Soulful CXO podcast, which I'm really excited to talk to you today about. And we are excited to hear. So we need to start by thinking that our audience on this show may not be the audience that I have on uh, society and technology, but the finance society or other cybersecurity. So Many people may actually even ask themselves, what does CXO mean? So maybe we can start with, with that. What is a CXO? So CXO, the X can be as an E for a CEO, so chief executive officer, which each of us is a chief executive officer of our own life. But in technology, it might be a, a chief information security officer, so CISO. It might be chief information officer, so CIO. 
chief financial officer, chief FO. But remember, we're all the CEO of our life. So really the soulful CEO is about all of us, the heart and soul of each and every one of us. Yeah, and we are full of acronyms too <laughs> in our life, especially in our field of technology. Um, but w- one thing that is important, and then we, we dig it more deep into you know the, the media of podcasting, which I often say it just come from radio, it's just a digital version of it, and, and now everything is on the internet anyway, even the fact we're doing the video right now. So there is different channel, different media, but... The, before we get to that, what the reason why I'm very fascinated about your show and excited to have it on ITSP Magazine as well is the fact that, and we have seen this in the past few years, going from cybersecurity being a tech, technology only IT field where everything is made with technology, resolved by technology, to actually understanding that there is a human element. And as the human element, you tell beautiful stories and you try to bring that humanity out of technology. So tell me about that and and how your career brought you to think this way, your experience. Well, I think actually life has brought me through that. I am definitely one who has definitely been in the school of hard knocks. Um, I tell people I have a flat forehead because I fall on my face enough. (laughs) Um, it's funny because people talk about, do you have all these degrees? I would tell you, I earned every one of them with sweat and tears. If people had to read their book once, I had to read it probably five times, write notes, everything else. So one of the things I did is I saw that struggle. I saw a struggle where things weren't always easy. I also saw in my life where there was a lot of things that I was good at. And, but what do I want to actually do for a career? I have a lot of different loves, a lot of different things. And what I mean by loves is I would say natural passions. Animals is a natural passions. I professionally play trombone here in the Valley. That's a natural um, passion of mine. I've always been on STEM. So science, technology, engineering, mathematics. But with that, I've always been one who's been, what's going on with you? No, you do not want to sit next to me in an airplane unless you want to go ahead and talk to me and talk to me about stories. That's been natural for me. And it's been later in my career now, I think more when I started being on shows, being on podcasts and being a panelist where I thought they were really dry. And I remember in the audience, they were really dry, but I like to hear about your struggles, because that's what resonated with me, knowing that I wasn't alone in the world. So that's what started me out on looking about how can I make a bigger impact to show people you're not alone in the world, it's going to be okay. And if I can do it and make it to the other side, you can too. So that's what led me to be actually doing Soulful CXO, where, as you said, my guests are only guests who are willing to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and that it's going to be okay because I made it. And here's the lessons I learned. And through that, that's the way we do it. And I'll tell you, there was even a couple of shows back with Carolyn Wong where she announced on our show that she had been let go. You don't always hear leaders who omit that, yeah, they got laid off. I've been laid off as well too before, but you don't always hear us talk about that. So it's those real stories where it happened to us. You're not alone. Yep. And uh, talking about that and welcoming the dogs to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I have mine. I'm just waiting for mine to start talking too. Um, 
the, the importance of being or being um, open and transparent, and it's something that our society is not being keen to allow, right? And, and, and in a way, is still not doing it. When I look at uh, social media and how everything is constructed, they're living the perfect life, like the glossy magazine, the model and the location. And now it's everybody can make that with AI again. But then I also know for a fact that you said that everybody's bottling something, right? So we, we try to put our best picture there. And before we just couldn't put the truth out there. And now I feel things are changing. I think leaders are being more respected when they are not only more human, but more understanding. So what what's is that easy for you to bring that out of people? You think like you're just, you know, listening and they are happy to to express themselves. Yeah, it is pretty amazing when I sit down and talk to people. They're like, I just feel like it's a safe space for me to talk to you. I actually had a person say this in print, says you're the Oprah Winfrey of cybersecurity. And when I speak on stage, they always call me the Melissa McCarthy of cybersecurity. Because when I speak on stage and doing public speaking and keynote, I tell funny stories and a lot of times they're by myself. And I think if you can laugh at yourself, it helps. Um, but you're right. When I have people on my show, they just feel open, warm. They feel like it's a safe space to go ahead and be able to, sh to share those. And I think a lot of people wanted to have a safe place to say those, and now they can. And I'm just glad that they, they say along those lines versus like the Barbara Walters. I don't want anybody to, to have to cry on my show, but I want people to feel free to be able to tell their story in a safe place and know that the audience is an audience that's going to receive that well and use it as encouragement to go ahead and move forward. Cause like you said, we're dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of strife, and it's a great time and environment right now because being able to talk about issues and struggles is okay. Um, and yes, welcome to the world to Giannis, who's now protecting me from the outside bad forces. <laughs> Which is probably a postman or something like that. Yes, about time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so, uh, it's kind of funny as it makes me think like you talk about a safe space, but and then you you actually you know obviously it's not a studio of a of a psychologist or a psychiatric doctor where you can open up and there is something that cannot be shared with the outside world. It's actually a safe space knowing that there is an audience out there, hundreds of people, if not thousands of people listening. So it makes me feel like we all have this need to share these stories first of all. But I feel like the motivation often is that we need to tell stories so that maybe people can learn from our mistakes. And I, I, I like to assume that we are all inherently good, most of us. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to be evil today, except for Dr. Evil, maybe. And, and maybe say, look, I, I've gone through this. You don't have to. Sometimes there's nothing we can do about it. But so sharing that with an audience and knowing that maybe even you make the difference in one person's life. For me, that's why I love to, to be that person, to, to have this conversation. So is that what motivates you as well? Yes, and I think there's been times too, even as me as a chief information security officer, where I've really been in a hostile environment, super toxic, was not good for my mental health, was not good for my physical health whatsoever, 
And being able to have mentors out there like Teresa Payton or Jim Roth to reach out there and like saying, hey, am I nuts here? What is going on? And being able to to walk through that and, and being able to, to hear them say, you know, sometimes it's okay to walk away. Your health and well-being is so much more than that. And then I was thinking... I'm having those one-on-one conversations, but I can have a global impact. And how I view the world, if you can go ahead and have a positive impact on a life, that's not just that life. That is a ripple effect around the world because you're able to positively impact them. And it's a generational impact, which Mm. is important to me. And I'll just do this briefly. I literally went ahead and I was in grad school. And this is probably what led me down this path even more, even though it was right that way. I've always been a studier. Like I said, I've had to study very hard, pay for my college. So I, I wanted to go ahead and make sure I got the dollars worked. I saw a person on the bus stop and I walked past and in my heart, I knew something was wrong. And I went ahead and I said, are you? I went ahead and I talked to her for an hour and a half, walked her then to the health center and then it was about a year and a half that I ran into her. And she goes, do you have a moment to talk? And I said, sure. I was late to class, but I'm always going to have that moment to talk. I knew she needed to talk. She pulled me to the side and she goes, I was on my way to kill myself, but you, take, you took a moment to see me, to listen to me, and to help me get help. That's always resonated with me. And those type of stories have run into my life several times, just seeing that there was a strong need and listening to my heart. And please, if you're out there and you're in that situation, there are great help out there. So please go ahead and call the hotlines, things along those lines, and please go ahead and get help. But people need to be able to be seen, heard, and know that they're not alone. This is a journey we're all on. And no one out there has a perfect journey whatsoever. But a lot of people give you the appearance Mm-hmm. that they have a perfect journey. And that's why I have the type of guests that I have on to go ahead and say that, you know what, we don't have it perfect either. And we need encouragement. And we have people around us that encourage us. And we listen to podcasts like Rebecca's and others as well to get our encouragement out there. So those are the type of things that have actually, I think, also been in my journey to lead me where I am today. And then obviously to partner with people like you who can help me expand that audience even more. I think you said something that I, I really love because I'm part of the mentor group and we talk about lateral mentoring and also mentee that become the mentor. So it's a two way, like you're the teacher and you are the student at the same time. And I think a lot of people tend to forget that when you go to a certain level, you become something with a C, CISO, CCO, like you, you came from somewhere where you need it the mentorship. And, and you, you mentioned that in learning from each other. I, I don't think anybody was born to be a storyteller. Some people may be more comfortable than others in, in telling and listening story. But the importance of that and, and learning from that, I think it's, it's important. How did you choose the podcasting form? Is it by your background? I know you wrote books, so let's talk about that too. I mean, you, even if you write books that are not fiction, you're still telling story to explain something. What made you think about, hmm, podcasting? I can be good at that. Is it because you're a speaker background or you just you want to be a DJ? What's the story there? 
<laughs> no, actually, Task Force 7 Radio, that's on Voice of America, they reached out to me to be on their show. They got taped, and I'd never done one before. I was nervous as heck. <laughs> and I did that. And again, it was a conversation like this, reached a lot of people, was all voice on that. And I'm like, this is really cool. And I was a guest several times on their show. And then I actually told them, I said, hey, I'd like to be able to maybe co-host a show just to kind of get my feet wet. It never worked out that way. But then I started doing bright talk shows where I was on panels. Then they gave me the opportunity to lead the panel. Then they gave me an opportunity to have their show. And then I was like, you know what? I should get over my own fear, uncertainty, and doubt and just give it a shot. And, and so that's why I went ahead and, and I did it. So I think part of that is when I talk on my show about our authentic self and you hear Brene Brown and you hear Mel Robbins and people like that talk about too, but literally listening to your inner heart and where it's going to lead. Because one thing I find is that that inner heart that keeps coming back around louder and louder and louder until you can hear it. But the one thing I will tell people, and obviously you're a mentor of mine too in podcasting, is a lot of people will go ahead and say, like, oh, I'll just be a podcaster. It's a long journey. There is a lot of bumps and bruises um, that you go through. I wish I would have known a little bit. Or I probably would have worn football pads a little <laughs> bit more when I first started. Um, but it is a journey. You learn every single day. Like I said, I have great guests. I learn from them all the time. I listen to my podcast by more than anybody else because there's so many life lessons that I personally need to learn. And I think it's interesting that every time I book a guest, I go, wow, those are so many great points that I need to personally adapt into my life. So it's, I learn probably more than anybody else out there from my own podcast uh, on my you know, self-discovery journey. I love that. I love that. And, and let, let's talk about, too, we, we mentioned that at the beginning about being you know, yourself as much as you can. And I, th I feel like you, you are that kind of person. I mean, I know you outside of this conversation, so it, it's easy to even ask questions because I cannot know already something about you. But the importance, even for what we do on, the, on this side, I feel like there are some people, sometimes they come to me and they say, well, I want to start a podcast and I want to be this person, this podcaster. I want to have that kind of show. And I'm like that's probably not the best way to start. Like, who, who do you want to be? So the importance of being yourself, I, I couldn't be anyone else. And I know I'm not, I'm not the, the perfect podcaster, but it's me. And some people may like me, some people not, with my Italian accent here and there. How do you feel about that, about you, about the other podcaster that you hear, and about the guest, you ever feel like guests are not really being themselves? Well, I tell you that I, I've had I've had guests on, and and, and certain guests I do go ahead and do a prep um, mm. show with, just because you know I've read a lot of the works, I've seen them and stuff like that. But maybe we didn't have a face to face, and for me, I think it's important that we have a face to face before I sit down and have a chat. And we had this great chat, and then I'm having them on the show, and I'm like, who showed up? It <laughs> I could tell that that whole that whole veil, and it's like. I have my life together and I have the perfect website and I have the perfect job and I did it. Did it, did it, did it. And it takes me, you know, the, the shows are a little longer. I've had to cut them a little bit where I'm like, I have to break through that. And then I've also had the ones where like, Oh my God, I'm almost falling asleep on this show. Um, so the one thing I've, I've learned in those lessons is there's certain people that their, their books are really great. Maybe their tidbits are really great, 
but to try and have them on a show for a half hour, 45 minutes, not the right platform. Maybe to go ahead and, and add them with four or five different speakers where you're going ahead and doing three minute snippets of them together. But those are the kind of lessons I learned that way about people. And when you talk about like myself, like I like Brene Brown. I love her stories. Like she talk. I don't like everything that she does, but that style, that's how I talk. When I look at maybe Mel Robbins and people like that, their inspirations, I like the short versions of that, not the two hour versions. So when you talk about what are the type of things that they talk about that resonates with me, that's what I look like. I am a unique human being and I literally can only be the best Rebecca I possibly can be. I've had enough issues in my life, trying to get over, trying to be what everybody else wants me to be. And every time I have struggles in my life, when I actually do a root cause analysis, sometimes I have to go ahead and seek professional help to work that out, is because I'm really trying to be someone else's version of me. And that's the one thing we talk about on the show consistently with the leaders, that we've all had to work through that. And when I talk again, you are a leader of your life. You're the CEO of your life. So the show is for everybody. But every one of us had to work through trying to be the best version of someone else's version of us. That's a common theme too. So if you are struggling with that, you're not the only one, but you can listen to the show and get some great tidbits. And it's when you look to a lot of these powerful speakers out there that you look for inspiration and stuff like that, even Oprah they've had to work through that too. So I think that's interesting that that's a commonality with a lot of people, but it's interesting. We're the ones who will talk about it. We're the ones who will write about it. So that's why I think we also resonate with each other because we're, we've been on the journey. We're open with that journey and we're still on that journey because you never get over that journey. You just go ahead and move on to another level of the journey. Yeah, that's true. I, I really try to edit my own podcast, listen to myself. Sometimes it's painful. I heard a story about actors that don't want to watch their own movies because, you know, they'd rather do their performance and move on. And but but I think you I think you can improve by doing that. And maybe maybe you're not not gonna be perfect because then you become the other person you that it's not you, right? But you're done about 36 podcasts, at least for your uh, soulful CXO show. And uh, by the time we put this up, I'm sure there'll be another one or two out there. If you change something in terms of the storytelling, either your technique to ask question or kind of the kind of question that you're asking, or even the kind of guest that you are envisioning for the future to have the story mature and grow or go in a different direction? Well, there's a couple things. Um, one, I get excited about the conversation as well. And I naturally speak fast. So it's trying to slow down my speech. Two, it makes it easier if there, someone does have to edit. I have a tendency to ask compound questions. So being careful of the compound questions, I still do it, but I'll try and do it only to two questions where I do more like two different sides of the coin, you know, the heads. And then also you can talk about the tails. So I try to only leave it to two. The other thing is when I get, when I'm listening and I come back, a lot of times I'm like, no, but I'm like, oh, like, no, 
but that doesn't come across that way. If someone's listening, it's, it sounds like I'm disagreeing and I'm not disagreeing. I'm actually like, like I know. And so there's a couple of things like that, that I pick up very quickly that I'm trying to correct. I don't, it's easier to get away from that on stage because you can do that with body and mannerisms and facial expressions. But when you are listening only on a platform that's audio, it doesn't come across. If they look at the video, they can see that. So those are kind of a le couple lessons that I've learned. And I guess one of the things on the guest, there's some of them is like, please strap yourself to the chair. Um, you bop, bit bopping back and forth and, and ants in the pants. Um, one doesn't go over well with audio because your audio is going in and out. And no one can watch you because they're going to need, you know, something for vertigo. Um, so a motion sickness tablet to actually watch you. So those are a couple of things that I, I watch on guests that way. And just when you say future guests, I really look a lot on LinkedIn and how people are posting and things along those lines. So because people will give me guests, but if they're not writing about it, speaking about it, I don't listen to them on other podcasts and other shows speaking that way, I won't have them on my show because it's about heart and soul and leadership and core values and things like that. And it's just not going to resonate with my audience. They might be perfect for another audience or another show. They're just not going to be perfect for Soulful CXO. Yeah, makes sense. Although I have to say, I've been very surprised by some people coming on the show, given these are professor, maybe academic, that they know how to talk. But they're like, oh, this is my first podcast. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then, I mean, it's not that I'm interviewing anyone, but then I'm like, wow, you're natural. Some other that maybe I had experience, it's like, oh, I'm pulling teeth here. And so, you know, you never know. But I, I like the idea that you filter and, and, uh, and have a, a really good selection for your guest. Do you ever get tempted to to tell different stories? Like, oh my God, I kind of like me. I have like two shows, so one doesn't have anything to do with the other because I just need to tell more stories. Um, yes, I would tell you that one of the things I did a show on myself, not really a show on myself, but what I did when I look at the holiday season, I went ahead and I did um, it's like 17 minutes, it's on audio. But it's a story of a famous woman spy during the Revolutionary War. And I released that on July 4th. So you can go back and listen to that. So there's stories like that that I really like that are like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I was like, almost like the History Channel when you're like, hmm. and here's, or like Paul Harvey, maybe people won't know who he is, but like the other side of the story. And then I do have one where like book reviews that I, I said, that's a sideshow I'd like to do at some point in time where, you know, some of these really cool books are out there that are at least cool to me, you know, they're three, five or seven minute kind of like these really cool recaps of the, these books that you can go ahead and hear. That's another one that I'd like to do um, in the future, whether it's even like soulful CXO, you know, book review or something like that. I won't name mm -hmm. book review. That'd be too boring and have those released like on every Thursday that show. Yep. Very cool. I feel like when, when people love to tell a story, they, they also like to listen to those. Like I, I'm addicted to audible and as much as I love reading, it's easier 
to listen and I can pay attention even if you know I'm walking the dogs. But you capture certain things in a in a different way. I mean, your 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 senses are used differently than when you're reading in a in a room where there is no noise. If you're moving around, it's hard to pay attention. So I think you need to do a little bit more of a hard job to, like you said, you know, talk slower and maybe take pauses and and do all those things. Talking about this technique, um, I know that a lot of people in the audience are thinking right now, hmm, I want to start a podcast. So a uh, couple of tips of someone that maybe want to start a podcast. Uh, do they need to focus on the tech, on the stories, on on the guest, on the promotion? What, various, what tips would you give? I would say really start on the why. Why do you really want to do a podcast because it's not easy. I probably spend 15, 16 hours easily a week when I go ahead and, and I'm doing a show. And that's just looking about guests and, and like you said, going ahead and getting um, letters out to people and things along those, all those communications. Then to go ahead and prepare the show is a couple hours. This is separate than to have the guests on the show and cut it and all that kind of stuff. And so usually end to end, most of my shows probably now will take about six hours. It probably took longer, but a good six hours. And then obviously you guys come over top. So there's a lot of time, sweat and tears in it. And I don't get paid. If there's a sponsor out there, please go ahead and reach out to us. I'd love to have a sponsor and have ads. We're here. <laughs> so that's the thing is, is really what is the why. I think at sometimes people are like, oh, you have a podcast. I have a podcast. It's so great. All that other kind of stuff. It is great because I like to meet people and I like to have stories. But it's 100% out of my pocket and it's 100% you know, time sensitive along those lines for time along those lines. So really ask the why. Is it rather that you like to be on a podcast, you like to be on a panelist, you like to speak in a group before you, you jump into this? And I I was a speaker for years. I did Toastmaster, double Toastmaster. That's how I started out getting in speaking. Then I was able to go ahead and be a panelist. Then I went ahead and, and then I started being a keynote, which is a whole different realm together. And it had been on my heart for years to at least co-host podcasts. That's when I got an opportunity to co-host a couple shows on Bright Talk and things along those lines. Then I got to go ahead and host panels on Bright Talk. Then I wanted to take the leap and at least can I do a series? And I did meet with a company to be able to do a series during COVID. COVID ended and so that series did not go live. But that at least got my feet wet into going through that journey. So it was a long journey. It wasn't like from, I'm just going to do a podcast overnight and not go through that pathway. So, but that's one thing too, really, what is it that you want to accomplish? Why do you want to accomplish and who do you want to reach? Because there's, I would tell you, it can be disheartening. I've had conversations with you. Um, it's hard to build up an audience. No one's going to be Joe Rogan overnight. I, I don't know if I want to be Joe Rogan that has its <laughs> own problems that way. I'm just saying, if you have 2 million followers, there's a lot of time effort. There's a lot of things in there. Trying to figure out social media that changes every other second. If you have the secret sauce out there, please reach out to me and Marco because we'd love to hear it. But that changes all the time 
audiences are with you sometimes, not with you sometimes. But if you have it, like for me, my heart is if there's one life out there that I can make a positive ripple effect and make their life better today, make the people's life around them better because it made them better and has that pop positive generational ripple effect. I might never know that. Actually, I've had four people reach out to me personally. I've been one of the lucky ones who've told me how that's positively impacted them and their life and their career and their family. I've been very fortunate that way. That's the bigger piece for me. And that's why I do my show every single week. Um, it takes a lot of effort, but I don't want to miss anybody. And that's why my commitment has been every week. But the, I ask for the why first. I think that is the critical. That's, that's me. I, I would start out with the why. The rest of it will come, but ask yourself why. Yeah, I guess you, you can always Google what kind of mic you need and what kind of uh, web hosting podcast platform you want to use. But yeah, I, I agree. If you don't have the why, it's too much of a commitment. It, it's like writing a book. And I'm not just saying podcasting is hard. I think every storytelling is hard. If you include that, as I like to include in, in my show, anything um tomorrow i'm gonna have a singer songwriter because they tell story with songs and and music and you play the trombone so you know music that's a story as well concerto uh, uh, you know uh, before the radio the tv and and everything else music was even more important than probably what it is nowadays and it's a story and it takes time that's the thing. It's like sounds like your conversation with me last week. <laughs> exactly. It takes time. And I know many people that decide, you know, I don't have time. It's much easier to be a guest. I'm not saying it's easy. You need to be really a good guest as well. You're telling stories as well. Actually, you're telling more story yourself than than on the other side. We've got to be a good listener and uh, and good in interacting with the story. But you know, you show up. The mic works, the mic doesn't work, maybe yes, no, and you're, you're done. When you're doing the podcast, there is so much work behind it. And I am so glad that you put the why in front of everything, because that's the why goes in front of everything on anything you do in life. I mean, you want to be a good tennis player? Well, you better have a good why, because there's going to be a lot of training <laughs> playing golf, unless just want to go and hit a couple of balls if you can hit the balls anyway um let's finish with um a, a reason why people should listen to your show your why again although i think you've said plenty plenty and if you're looking for um some particular kind of uh, guest it's your two minutes for your teaser that I gladly give to you and uh, and then we'll close. Yeah, Soulful CXO is always about learning from thought leaders in their field as well as book writers. And it might even be people who are in HR, might be people who are about branding. It might be people who are like Teresa Payton, the first female White House CIO. You got to listen to that story. It's pretty amazing. She almost didn't take that call because she thought she was being fished. I won't tell you more. That's your teaser. <laughs> but their leadership, how do they learn how to lead? How do they learn how to get over imposter system um, syndrome? How to go ahead and what core values? What about their health resiliency? How does that affect their family? How do they make career choices? How do they make life choices? 
that's what the show is all about. So you don't have to be a technologist. You don't have to be in business. You don't have to be in finance. You can have your own business. You can be a, a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home dad. You can be retired. You can go ahead and be in high school. You can be in college. If you're on this journey, which we all are, and you want to be the best CEO of your life, and you want to come from a core values perspective that you're going to be a positive ripple effect in the world, these are your people, and I am your person through the Soulful CXO. And that's how you do it. That was speaker keynote quality. <laughs> you can tell that you have that experience. You took those minutes and you made it count. And I hope truly that you that are listening or watching on, on YouTube uh, enjoyed this conversation. Maybe you took something positive out of it. Maybe you don't agree with everything, but that's not my goal. My goal is to inspire with my guest. <clears throat> and, and I think we are on the same wavelength right here with, uh, with Rebecca. And uh, yeah, if you got more questions than answer before we start it, that's, that's a good thing. I love when people ask questions to themselves and to others and the way to get better in life or at least try. So if you enjoyed this, subscribe to Audio Senior Podcast. Check out, of course, um, Rebecca's show, The Soulful CXO on ITSP Magazine. There'll be notes to connect with Rebecca to the show, to the social media, because she has quite a large amount of followers and there is clearly a reason for that. So you should follow too. That's it, Rebecca. Thank you so, so much. We're going to say Thank goodbye. you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. All right. Bye, everybody. Stay tuned for the next uh, story on Audio Signal Podcast. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals with Marco Ciappelli. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit itspmagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our shows. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP mag 24.